Hello and welcome to the Strikeout Central Podcast. I am your host, Michael, and here we are at episode number 10 of the podcast, and this is the MLB Trade Deadline Recap. In this podcast episode, we'll be talking about all the moves that were made this trade deadline season. In addition to the podcast, please follow the Strikeout Central website at www.strikeoutcentral.blogspot.com for daily baseball posts. Now it is time for the standings update. These are the standings before games were played on September 3rd. The AL East has a new leader as the Tampa Bay Rays have opened up a sizable lead over the rest of the division at four and a half games entering play on the third. The New York Yankees sit in second place with Toronto breathing right down their necks at just a game behind them. The Orioles and Red Sox round out the AL East. The AL Central is a three-team race with the Indians in possession of first and the White Sox and Twins in second and third not far behind with Detroit and Kansas City bringing up the bottom of the division. AL West has the Oakland A's in first place with Houston a couple games back in second. Seattle sits in third with Texas and the LA Angels in fourth and fifth place respectively. Moving to the NL, the Braves have a comfortable lead on the NL East, but the Phillies have surged to second thanks to a great week. The Marlins shockingly occupy third place, while the Mets and Nationals are at the bottom of the division. Moving to the NL Central, the Cubs have a four-game cushion on first place, with the St. Louis Cardinals in second place right behind them. The Brewers sit in third place, with the struggling Reds in fourth place, and the Pittsburgh Pirates are comfortably in last place. It is once again the reign of the L.A. Dodgers and the NL West, and the Padres are five games behind them in second place thanks to a great start to the season. The Colorado Rockies and San Francisco Giants are in third and fourth place, with Arizona bringing up the rear. Okay, so I'd like to welcome today's guest, MLB writer for Baseball America, Kyle Glazer. How are you doing today? Doing all right. Thank you for having me. All right, so this trade deadline, um, more than other years, we saw a lot of trades that included a player to be named later in it. Um, So can you sort of explain why we might have seen that? Sure. So the rules this year with the uniqueness of the season, no minor leagues, stated that only players in a team's 60-man player pool were eligible to be traded. And because of that, a lot of teams who were interested in players who were not part of that 60-man player pool had to acquire them as a player to be named later. And the hope is that when minor league contracts are no longer suspended, they were suspended as part of the National Emergency Declaration by uh, Commissioner Rob Manfred, or I should say after the National Emergency Declaration, uh, Commissioner Manfred suspended them. Uh, The hope is that when those become unsuspended, then those teams can acquire those players who they really wanted but had uh, had, had to acquire as a player to be named later right now because they're not in that 60-man player pool. All right. Um, and also this deadline, we saw a lot of pitchers. We saw more pitchers being moved than hitters. Is, is it because pitching injuries have mounted for so many teams that they just need more pitching? Um, a little bit. Again, a lot of it just goes back to everyone always wants more pitching. Every year, every circumstance, there's always a desire to – beef up your rotation, beef up your bullpen, especially at the trade deadline. We see bullpen trades and uh, rotation trades really being more often than not kind of the biggest, the biggest trades made each year. So 
again, it's a little bit of a factor. Um, the elevated rate of injuries we've seen from pitchers this year, you know, teams needed more pitchers than maybe they might have otherwise. But on the whole, there's always a desire for pitching at the trade deadline. All right. Um, so one contender who really bought a lot at this deadline was the Toronto Blue Jays, who got um, Taiwan Walker, Robbie Ray, Ross Stripling, and Jonathan VR in separate trades they they want to compete deadline showed that so how close are they to really making a serious run yeah i mean they're in the national league or excuse me they're in the american league postseason field as we speak uh this is a good team they've got a really good offense obviously bobachette's hurt right now but when he's been healthy he's looking like he was looking like one of the the breakout stars in the major leagues both last year and uh, the early part of this season Teoscar Hernandez has taken a step forward. Randall Gritchick has taken a step forward. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. had a slow start. He's been better recently. Um, there's a lot of really good the lights out for a lot of this year as well. So they have a good lineup. You have a good bullpen. Uh, Hunjin Ryu and Chase Anderson have, have been really, really nice additions to that rotation. Now just replacing some of the guys who got hurt. I get what they did. I like what they did. And again, this was a team that was already in playoff position, but you know, you look at them, there's not a whole lot of weak spots in their lineup. There's definitely not many weak spots in their bullpen. And with this beefed up rotation, you know, especially with three-game series uh, to start, there's a chance they could do some damage and, and play spoiler a little bit and surprise some teams. Another team that was really busy was the San Diego Padres, who uh, made a lot of really higher-profile trades. Um, the Mike Clevenger blockbuster is the first one that comes to mind and they gave up a decent amount of talent in their farm system how how much does that really hurt them down the road it doesn't hurt them that much because a lot of the guys they gave up they already have players in those positions that they're going to be fine with for example trade Gabriel Arias well you have Fernando Tatis Jr. at shortstop trade Owen Miller well you have Jake Cronenworth at second base looks like he's going to be the National League Rookie of the Year you know, Josh Naylor is really a first baseman who is miscast as an outfielder. Eric Hosmer signed for long term, and they have other outfielders who are much, much better defensively, and, and you want to play ahead of Josh Naylor, as we saw them do this season. You know, Cal Quantrill is a young pitcher who I think still has some more in the tank than what he showed in the major league so far, which hasn't been bad by any means. Um, but again, you look at this team with Nelson Lamette and Chris Paddock, Luis Patino, Mackenzie Gore, Adrian Morahone. They have guys in the positions of the guys they traded away. So even though many of those guys may blossom, the Padres don't project to really be hurt by it. All right. Uh, so the Colorado Rockies went out and they did a little bit of buying. Um, they got Michael Givens from the Orioles and they got Kevin Pillar uh, from the Red Sox. Was that really just to just fill a couple holes or are they actually – looking to project to be a playoff team. I mean, if the season ends, ended today, they're in the playoffs. They're currently the eighth seed in the National League standings right now. This is a team that has some big bats who can really, really hurt you. Trevor Story, Nolan Arenado. They have some pitchers who we've seen, you know, get hot and really dominate at their best. You know, Herman Marquez, Kyle Freeland's had a nice bounce back here. Um, John Gray has really, really struggled, but in a normal year, you'd say, okay, he's had a bad, you know, first month, month and a half, and, you know, see if he can turn it around. This year, it's almost the end of the season. So it's a weird dynamic. But there is talent on this team, and they needed bullpen help. 
getting an extra outfielder, especially with David Dahl hurt, uh, certainly was a, a solid addition for them. Look, this is a team that is right in the thick of the National League playoff race, has a chance to make the National League postseason field. And, you know, if they do, you know, you can start a, a three-game series with Marquez and Freeland. And, you know, if, if Gray can kind of figure some things out, they can pull an upset. Uh, so the Oakland Athletics moving to the AL West um, traded – Obviously, they have one of the best records, if not the best record, in the American League. They traded for Angels infielder Tommy LaStella, and to get him, they had to give up uh, infielder Franklin Barreto, who's kind of struggled since he's gotten to the major leagues. Are the Angels kind of selling low on LaStella with a struggling middle infielder coming back to them? Well, it's hard because LaStella was going to be a free agent at the end of this year, and every year we see teams don't pay a whole lot for rentals. Um, again, there's exceptions, but generally speaking, that's how they operate. Um, so, you know, for the Angels, you say, okay, given everything we've been offered, a guy who is still young, um, has shown some ability before, and, and maybe we think we can help or, you know, fix, you know, having a new kind of change of scenery might be good for him. You know, depending on, on what else they were offered, you understand the logic, especially, you know, we've seen in the past, a lot of rental type players bring back, you know, a relief prospect who realistically probably is never going to make the major league. So I understand, you know, making that move to get something back and hoping, taking the chance that, okay, you know, maybe we can fix this guy a little bit, especially given he's only 24. He has, he has the prime of his career still ahead of him theoretically. All right. Uh, so moving a bit to this, one of the big sellers, uh, the Boston Red Sox. Um, one of the first trades they struck was they sent relievers Brandon Workman and Heath Hembry off to Philadelphia, who needs the bullpen help, or pitchers Nick Pavetta and Connor Siebold. So how how did both teams really do in this deal? I mean, the Phillies did very well. They really, really, really needed bullpen help. They got two very productive relievers across their career. They also picked up David Phelps and the Brewers on deadline day. I mean, the Phillies need to rebuild their bullpen from the bottom up, uh, bring in three accomplished veterans who can help them. As you know, again, this is another team that's in postseason contention. They're in the playoffs if the season ends today. And to hold on, they needed the bullpen help. And I thought they did a good job getting it. You know, the Red Sox, look, they needed starting pitching in the worst way. Um, getting Nick Pavetta, you know, a guy who has struggled a lot in the major leagues, but has stuff. You see, okay, maybe we can, you know, make some tweaks and, and help them out here. We see a lot of late blooming pitchers. Again, I understand taking that chance. And, you know, Connor Siebold is an upper level prospect who has a long track record of success. He was a, a big time guy out of high school, was drafted out of high school, uh, was a really, really excellent pitcher at Cal State Fullerton, one of the best college programs in the country with a long tradition of producing big league caliber pitchers. Um, made his way up the minors pretty quickly. You know, was in the fall league last year, was picked for the U.S. Uh, Olympic qualifying team, even though he wasn't able to participate. Um, there's a lot to like here. So, you know, if you're the Red Sox and organizationally, the thing you need the absolute most in the world is starting pitching. You know, taking a younger guy with major league experience who has stuff and uh, a prospect who's, you know, got a long track record of success and has some pedigree behind him, it's not bad at all. It's, it's the right thing to do. 
Uh, speaking of starting pitching, uh, the Rangers had a couple pitchers they were looking to dangle. They were dangling Lance Lynn and Mike Miner in trade talks. Lynn was obviously the more sought-after pitcher. He had a better season, and the Rangers were only able to get a deal done for Mike Miner. Is is that just because teams didn't want to give up what Texas wanted for Lynn, or did somebody just want Miner more? No, I mean, Lynn was the guy that teams wanted more. There's no question about it. But the Rangers clearly had a price they wanted met, and it wasn't met. Um, You know, you go back last year, Mike Miner was much, much better than he was this year. And, you know, there was talk about the Rangers moving him at the deadline last year. They ultimately didn't, and they paid the price for it because they waited another year and got a whole lot less for him than they otherwise would have. They mistakenly thought they were going to contend last year when it was very clear they weren't. They also are not going to contend this year, just looking at the talent they had on the field. Um, And I I think they misgaged it. And now, you know, they kind of have to see, okay, how realistic is it for them to really turn it around next year? And if not, then they probably do need to shop Lance Lynn at the deadline because, or excuse me, in in the offseason, because if they wait another deadline, they're going to get a whole lot less. And it's not what the organization or the franchise needs right now. All right. uh, So, the Reds um, did some late buying. They got um, Brian Goodwin from the Angels, Archie Bradley from Arizona. They're they're in fourth in the NL Central, and despite the crowded playoff race, really all across baseball, is this a team that needs to buy? It's not that they need to buy. It's that as, as poorly as they've played this year, you look at it, and they're only two games out of the eight seed in the national league playoff picture because the bottom of the NL has not been very good this year. I mentioned the Rockies are currently the eight seed. They have a losing record. Um, so with the Reds, given their franchise that has been rebuilding for a while, they, they've tried to make moves to get to the postseason. whether it was, you know, trading for Trevor Bauer and Sonny Gray, whether it was spending money to sign, you know, Mike Moustakis and Nick Castellanos, this is a team that has been trying to win and has not been successful at it. Given they're only two games out with the pitching staff they have, I do understand being on the aggressive, you know, buyer side of things and giving it a shot. All right. Um, So the Cubs and the Rays uh, struck a trade. Jose Martinez, who kind of was lost in the shuffle for the Rays, uh, was off to the Cubs. Uh, he can play outfield. He can DH. Um, so where might he bring the most value for the Cubs who are leading the NL Central right now? Purely as a DH, you really don't want to play him in the field. I wrote about this over at Baseball America when the trade was made. The Cubs had really, really struggled against left-handed pitchers this year. And Cubs DHs had really, really struggled on the whole this year. Martinez kind of checks both boxes. He's really, really, really good at hitting left-handed pitching, and he's a DH in every sense of the word. So uh, bringing him in was kind of one move to solve two problems, or at least help solve two problems. All right. Um, so any any trades that are like steals, any under-the-radar trades that that might make a big impact either now or in a couple of years? I mean, the Marlins getting Starling Marte was a really, really nice move for them. Uh, you know, they gave up a, a solid young pitcher in Caleb Smith. They gave up, you know, an interesting young pitcher in Humberto Mejia, who's kind of a underrated prospect, uh, made his debut this year and, and held his own and his first stint in the majors. 
Um, Sterling Marte, you know, very quietly has been one of the, the better center fielders in baseball for years and years and years now. Um, he was having a solid year with the Diamondbacks. Marlins picked him up. I mean, anytime you can acquire an all-star center fielder um, who can hit, he can run, he can play defense, plays an exciting brand of baseball. That's a really, really nice addition. And I think the Marlins really did a good job to go get him. And, you know, they have him for another year, too, if they pick up a team option, which they should next year. All right, everybody. Uh, that is going to be our episode for today with MLB writer for Baseball America, Kyle Glazer. Thank you so much for coming on and talking baseball today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this special episode of Strikeout Central Podcast with Kyle Glazer of Baseball America. Be sure to follow Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Glazer for the latest news around baseball and the latest news regarding some of baseball's top prospects. If you would like to read about baseball news by the day as it happens, then check out the Strikeout Central website at www.strikeoutcentral.blogspot.com for daily baseball posts. Stay tuned for episode 11 coming soon. I'm your host, Michael. Have a good day, and happy baseball watching.